What is cracking brainiacs? Matrix breakers all over this great planet. Welcome to Matrix Minds. I'm your host, Matt Turner, with the man behind the Matrix. One more time, interview number two with Mr. Tom Althouse. We're going to kick things off tonight. Oh my God, explosive updates, man. Explosive updates. Tom's back with us once again in house. So without further ado, let's kick it off, man. Everybody ready? We're definitely, definitely ready. Catch you on the other side of this. Buckle up, brains. Let's do this. Controversial conspiratorial shows on the web that makes its minds. Listen, buckle up, everybody. Let's go. Paranormal, huh? Conspiracy, huh? Ufology, hidden Egyptology, and anything and everything we can get our hands on. Let's go. everybody yeah welcome 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 as you guys know it is june the 11th june 11th friday feature interview mr tom malthouse once again is back in the house with me i've got to before i say something here tom i gotta i gotta um i've got a request here buddy for a uh a listener and um i've gotta i've definitely definitely got to kick that off and, and share that right real quick and this comes to us from mr andy cassidy um down in the ozark so all of you prayer warriors do do us a big favor and put him in your prayers he has got a loved one in the hospital unfortunately she did the inevitable she did the thing she took the you know that thing and uh and now andy is is quite worried about her because she's really sick so let's hope she makes it out of the woods i will definitely keep you guys updated let you know what's going on with her because andy is so close to the show here he he really is he is a a strong man very strong-willed 
prideful. So, everybody, keep keep uh, Miss Lucinda Jonker, Jonker, Jonker. That's it, Jonker. Lucinda Jonker in your guys' prayers and thoughts tonight. Okie dokie. Mr. Tom Althouse, let me get you back in the, on a full screen here, my friend. Full screen. Yeah. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, welcome back to Matrix, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thanks. You're welcome, sir. We where we last la- where we last left off. You were gonna give us some updates whenever we come back a couple few months later. It's like it's, so far it's been three going on three months. And since then, my friend, like I told you before, once we get you out there on the Matrix, dude, we this show reaches a large audience of people. And there's gonna be a lot of people coming at you, wanna interview you, and well, what happened? <laughs> Tell me what right. happened. Um Well <laughs> Yeah. Well it's um we have some people stepping forward and, and helping. We've got um, uh, legal negotiations going on now for the case, and that was never supposed to happen. We're never supposed to have a case. Well, now that's being worked out where we can hit them hard. We got the documentary teams uh, working on it now, uh, so that's happening. So we got the documentary uh, working on the book. We're working on um, the casework. We're working on, um, of course, the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the website. We are uh, watching the other side just maneuver and crumble. And it's it's great they're doing this right now because it, it allows us to tag on to the playbook what they do when they're losing. And so now we understand the process. And a lot of that is like World War II Berlin. Burn the papers and cover your butt. And they'll use the media to do that. We just had that congressman, Brian Fitzpatrick, who is the FBI operative, he's now saying he is lifelong FBI operative. But now it's coming out even more that he's involved in uh, counterintelligence, um, espionage. Um, he is the one that has my sister completely in his pocket. So he writes his own article and gets on Fox News with it. It's unbelievable. And so that's what they do. They, they run and cover their butts by writing their own articles in the end which also says that they're losing a lot of support if they're having to write their own material now and put their name on it as the author. That means they're becoming a liability. And uh, so Brian Fitzpatrick, congressman, lifelong FBI agent, the only one in Congress who has my sister just well rewarded. She's saying she's gonna get even bigger rewards. And this, wow. he now says that he deals with intellectual property too. And so it's, it's amazing to watch them dance and jump. And with our legal now, side forming up with a documentary which is going to be killer mm-hmm. forming up uh it's the same thing that happened to the batman fingers family bill fingers which paparazzi told me to check into and watch oh, same yeah. players warner brothers okay. and marvel so that documentary is going to blow the fan uh, both doors off the barn and that's going to make it so that you know we're going to focus uh, a lot on how the case is thrown how there was no due process what they do to actual writers when your intellectual property is worth a lot how they'll supply their own attorneys, they'll buy off the judges, that's all coming out. Uh, how they rig the system, There's no. it's all gamemanship, there's nothing about due process whatsoever. It also reveals how they said they had nothing. We're gonna play that tape in the documentary, those tapes. Uh, we're gonna basically catch them with their pants down. So it's gonna be something where I think it'll help legal teams in Bolden on our side, it'll also help uh, other writers 
get the guts to come forward and say enough also. So I think it's going to be a deluge. I think the dam's going to bust. They, they believe that the end justifies the means, but now it's going to reveal the whole game. So we're going to hit them every which way and not hold back on anything. And that's where we're at. Now, for, for those people that don't know who Tom Althouse is, okay, that's just tuning into this, everybody knows, everybody that's been here, they trust me, they follow the Matrix, they understand who Tom Althouse is, the man behind the Matrix. But let's go with what they actually did. Let's re, do a refresher here. The man behind the Matrix is exactly what? Whenever, whenever we say that, can you help enlighten me, enlighten everyone, um, with with how and why I'm saying that. Give well, yeah, them, sure. Give them the, the stone wall here because, you, dude, you you've been uh, you have been bamboozled, right? Oh my god! From yeah. the oh beginning, god. it was like jackals coming to a kill, and basically what they did was um, you've got CIA, FBI, uh, the Alphabet Boys, they call them now. I'm learning a lot with the industry, mm-hmm. but it's like uh, Hollywood moguls. You've got uh, mafia. You've got uh, Mexican mafia. You've got Jewish mafia. You've got um, God. It goes on and on. The Hollywood mafia. <laughs> yeah, it, they're all tied together. It's all elite tied together. And so this is what's killing them. I mean, this this script right here is what's killing them. So this mm-hmm. is the copyrighted script, and they're trying to say that it's only eight pages. That doesn't look like eight pages, does it? It looks more like a hundred or two hundred plus pages. Yeah, one hundred twenty-eight. And so what you do see here is the um, specialist and director of the copyright office. They this put this forward, so the gold seal, bolted. <clears throat> You'll check the date on this copy. There's the music copyright certificate. 1998, right? right? Library of Congress receives it 1998. This version. So this is the one they used on set in 1999. Now they have no copyright on the Matrix. So what we have is our screenplay. What they do copyright is the title that's on here, The Immortals. They copyright the title, The Immortals. So that's really interesting. They copyright my title, but not The Matrix. And they they put all these different um, subtitles with it, 346 to 348 titles, no body of work. Mm-hmm. And they actually went so far as to say they were commissioning this lady who wrote the Heidi Chronicles to, to write the piece, The Immortals. And so that's back in 1996 you know, and stuff. And uh, what's interesting is we, we got them all tied together. Like with the documentary work we're doing now, we're seeing all the players tied together. And you figure, I mean, you got everything for a great story. And now Hollywood's interested in the real life story. I mean, in my story, you've got Honeypot Wives, like Total Recall. Right. This Rebecca Northcutt, who's actually now changed her name to Becca, Lee, Becca Lynn, B. Lynn, um, she's supplied by Mike Lang of Disney. So Mike Lang of Disney, under Dick, Michael Eisner, supplies a Honeypot Wife in the theft where Pat Robertson worked with Mike Lang and Eisner to steal the work to launder it and things are coming out that are blowing the mind because in this work get this in this work you have uh, Behringer as a Smith agent Behringer mm-hmm. and he's described as a you know a, a polished man who moves with a calculated grace that sounds like him and you've got a character named Dooley represents Robertson now that was taken out the architect relies on controlling those outside the program with religion. They took it out. But he has, that's part of his control process and stimulus for his mind. And so Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y, is a name I made off, and it's, it's a joke name. 
guess where it shows up? We find out that in black sales, Netflix, black sales, Netflix, which the Warner Brothers attorneys went to after they threw our case. And they do black sales. And what's in the black sales? The two characters that are not historic, apart from Blackbeard and, and Flint, you end up with two new characters. And guess what their names are? Captain Berenger and Dooley. D-O-O-L-E-Y. So what they're doing is Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. Off of and that screen, out of your screenplay. Yep. Uh, now, now tell them. Tell them that the, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. Yeah. The Matrix, the Matrix as we know it, should have been the Immortals. Yes, it, that's why that, I copyrighted my title. Okay, they copyrighted the title and stolen the screenplay from the Matrix. I'm sorry, from the Immortals, and literally just gave it a whole new title, and that's what they did. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. They had subtitles listed for people to use in the industry. They gave it to the um, top investment firms. That's how stupid this goes. How dumb they are. They they bank on being clever, but they're so stupid because, I mean, besides the affidavit of the actual submitting attorney, who actually submitted right here this date, right here, uh, June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. To the story department, 4,000 Warner Brothers Lane, mm -hmm. James Boyd, Boyd and Boyd of Norfolk, to Diane Bellis, head of the story department, care of Elizabeth, Bonaventura's friend in the office he said to send to, tracking number, receipt, everything, materials, scripts, character breakdown, music, everything. There's no getting around that. But what you end up with is Bonaventura, the guy that was doing the, I did the pitch to, that we submitted with, is on there saying right there, that he discovered and shepherded the Matrix story. Okay. Okay. And one of the few that understands it. So there it is. Bam. No problem. Then you get into the fact that they copyrighted the uh, title, The Immortals, with no body of work. You can't do that. You just can't do that. You have to have a body of work, but not if they control the process and everybody in it. Right. And so right. that's where it gets really, really interesting. So here it is right here. Uh, one, of the, one of the pages where they <laughs> take The Immortals... Here's the Immortals Copyright Office. And one of the switch-ups they did was they put it, you know, they'll see um, uh, different titles, and then they have it under these films, or just different companies. But I'm looking for the entry, which is really cool, where they are showing... You um, do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another screen here to where I can okay, make, make it bigger. Document. To where they can, people can actually see. I want them to, to actually see... Yeah. Uh, how how? You know what you're trying to show them. You want me to go to share screen? I can go to share screen. No, sorry. Right. Right, okay. I'm trying that, to find that document. Uh, yeah. Well, we know document. If it if 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 it's gone, you better have a have a backup of it. Oh, it's here. It's here. Stack. <laughs> okay. Right. And don't worry. Everything here is important. It's unbelievable what we have. It's just that. Uh, some of these things have been shoved around here. But, um, yeah, it's amazing that they would actually copyright a title and then put a bunch of titles under it, but no body of work, and it's my title. With subtitles, and anybody who takes it can um, pick one of those titles. The Wachowskis were supposed to pick one of those titles, and they didn't. What they did was they created their own and called it The Matrix. They weren't supposed to do that. So they went against the rules that the studios had, 
and that ended up with them now being punished. Anyway, I'll find it later. Okay. I have okay. it on the um, thing. But what the what you'll see is what three oh, was it? it's like 346 titles under Immortals, right? Okay. And then it's under it's claimed the Immortals title is claimed as ownership by the biggest investment firms in the world, Netherlands Bank and stuff. And okay. so that's how they ended up with. And so anybody that takes the work feels safe to take it. Any studio that had a take on it, since everybody thought it was big, mm-hmm. um, they feel safe taking it because the studio has claimed the copyright of the title. And that creates slots at the copyright office that they can slip anything they derivative of this work will then go into that slot, into the slot. And that's I how they you. steal it. Now their strategy is that the author will be dead, his family will be dead, and there'll be no opposition. They can just force it through with their judges that they pick. That's how terrible the strategy is right now, how they do it. That's why you end up with murder, suicides, things like that. And if you don't take your life from all the despair, then what they do is they'll do it for you. And, um, you know, uh, try to do a 302. They'll try to say that you're going to take your life and shut you away. Or they'll take it for you. Yeah, well, you don't look. You look pretty. Look pretty healthy. You look like a strong yeah. little man. You're, yeah. yeah, man. You don't look yeah, suicidal to me, bro, at all. Well, I've you... been hauled off. Yeah, four times I've been hauled off now by the FBI. For what? And, for uh, what? For what? Uh, suspected of being a mass murderer. Suspected of being a. Suspected. Suspected. Oh well, where, where's your plot, Jesse? Yeah, really seriously. Yeah, I'm. I'm well, being, that's what I'm saying. It's. That's why Minority Report is so important with Steven Spielberg, because in Steven Spielberg's work, Minority Report, mm-hmm. anybody who wants to take a look at that, look it up on you know line here on the net, and you'll see who are the characters in Minority Report with Steven Spielberg from 2002. You have Captain John Anderton. Well, in The Matrix, as we know, my high school, this high school is listed as one of Neo's high school, one of Neo's schools, Central West High. We know that my birthday is listed there, my name, Thomas A., and then my Scottish clan name, Anderson, my dad's name, John A. So they're calling my dad, Neo's dad, as John Anderson in right. Matrix. So yep. what Spielberg does after that, three years three years later, he names it Captain John Anderton. Now he's using his rank, Captain, which he was in the Navy, a captain. He's using Captain John, his name, Anderton, a fun spinoff of Anderson with a T. This, you know, a joke. And then what they do is they're saying pre-crime will be committed by Tom Cruise's character, Captain John Anderson, my dad's name and rank, um, because he's going to kill someone because of the death of his son, Sean. That's in the film. And my son, Sean, was murdered. They let me know that. So they say that since my sons were killed, just as Spielberg put in Minority Report, I will be committing a crime, they say, of killing my last son. That's why they haul me off. You what? I'm telling you the truth. That's why I'm hauled off. And my sister makes sure it happens with the family. My sister makes sure it happens because she's under the awards, all kinds of awards and trips and everything from Congressman, FBI agent, Congressman, espionage operative, Brian Fitzpatrick. Look him up. Pennsylvania. Unreal. Yeah, that's because it's worth so much money. So there's... Who's Tom, you know who's stupid? The public or them? They're look, stupid. Tom, look, let's, yeah. let's go back to you know how when when you started fighting Hollywood, right? When yeah. you started fighting Hollywood, 
uh, and the abu- the the intellectual abuse and stolen the stealing right. of your property, how right. they end up with blood on their hands, because that's right. exactly what happened. That's what I'm saying. Right. You exactly. you are a man that is not uh, <laughs> that has got a fire lit under your ass that you're going to rattle cages. Yeah. When oh absolutely. Uh, again, suicidal. Uh, you're not. I you know no. No, suicidal. I love you life. are I not. Life. So, you know. How, let, let's go into the depths, the depths that Hollywood ends up with blood on their hands here. Mm-hmm. To what degree oh, did they yeah. take it? Yeah. Well, Hollywood could not do all this blood on their hands as they did not have the help of the FBI, CIA, Secret Service. You know, we are not looked at as um, valuable. The public is, in, is not considered valuable. In fact, the public is considered a broken arrow. The public is considered the biggest threat to this country, the American public. We're not considered that important. There's too many of us in their mind, and we're not that smart. But when you have smart writers and their families, they're a threat to the security of this country because we put in ideas they don't have control of. Now, what's interesting about Brian Fitzpatrick's article is he's saying that um, his job is, you know, their job has been to have control of the ideas of intellectual property to make sure it's not subversive or, or you know going the wrong way well that's a nice excuse but the thing is that you know if we're creating great work um and it's worth a lot of money that catches the eye of the fbi because they're like an unleashed dog they can do whatever they want and they came out of a whole uh series of training from espionage murder um um you know stealing um you name it Mm -hmm. they're not good guys and so it's like then they saw how much money they can make. No one bridles them. No one holds their chain. They're unleashed. And it's like, you know, like when they said in black sails, they unleashed the Spanish on the, you know, the island, Nassau. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they just, they couldn't <clears throat> stop them. And you consider the FBI actually control the local police. They reward them. So we have an unchecked system in this country where heaven help all the countries in this world. America, we're, we're under a, a system of greed of um, uh, control of an agenda, and where do you think Bill Gates is coming from? In um, big money, guys. big money, big tech. I mean, it's Jack right. Silicon Valley. That's right. And then you got so, the Bank of England. So a lot of people got close to understanding what's actually going on. You have to be a writer who has been in a situation of being promoted by like the religious right groomed and promoted by you know asked to join the fbi circle i had a card that said please extend every courtesy to tom althouse because i helped him with america's most wanted catching robert d witt and uh they gave me a card saying extend every courtesy and it was amazing i mean i could i could speed on the highway not have a seatbelt on whatever and nobody would touch me they'd just be like oh just keep going more it's like it, our country isn't run on justice our country's mm-hmm. run on how valuable you are and how valuable your work is. We are assets in their mind. And what's really chilling is when I look at Lauren Holmberg on Maui, the operative in the Masons on Maui in that chapter. And here he was telling me with his friend Paul that I would be, my mind would be blown and I was being groomed in the Masons with these CIA operatives. Later at the pool, this guy came up and said, yeah, there's 12 families on Maui that are operatives. And um, yeah, we, you know, you'll be in the group or whatever. But they're fascinated by my story. They said, just don't try to make a difference. But they told me the story about 
Um, it shows you who they're looking for. They told me a story about in Oakland where a couple was um, a young couple was murdered in front of them in a blind where they were uh, staking out. And this young couple was murdered. They sent in the call, should we interfere or intercede? And the word was no, do not intercede. And that young couple's murdered. Wow. Do they, do they value human life? Do they value American life? No, no. You might be in the way. And so that the guy who actually did the murder, this one man that did the murder, um, Paul's telling me that in the Masons, telling me that uh, the operative, coming up to him and talking to him, had a conversation with him. Right. After he was murdering this young couple in the dark, he came up and they was just had a conversation. They don't give a damn about the American public, even young couples. They don't give a damn. It's a, you know it, it blows my mind that we we've let we've let it get to this point. I mean, how it's not even did. I mean, it, this is beyond stealing the intellectual property of, of us as creators. Cause that's what we are. We are creators, but taking it to the level and to the next step of, of like murder and capital Mm -hmm. murder and then Mm -hmm. saying, Oh, well, no, we didn't do it. And then, well, by it's like, hell, it it almost sounds like we're, 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 watching and or playing the game um the godfather okay yeah oh, very where, much so where he's bought so. off the police departments bought off the fbi bought off all of these people you know that's right and that's it's right. like where tom it, if i'm not mistaken you and i talked off off air and you have let, let's let's go and touch on if if now this is totally up to you this is going personal okay i i don't care go ahead I'm talking. If you you really want to blow the blow the the doors off this cage, let's do this. Okay, let's do it. There's those. I mean, people, I, I, yeah. There's there's these people that come to you when you reach a certain level. Okay, right, and you mm-hmm. have the opportunity of joining their joining their club, joining their little circle. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because oh, yeah. I'm not a dude. I mean, I'm, I'm just the little guy right now in a big fish pond. Right. So well, I'll no- tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you want to know what it's like, watch Man in the High Castle. They did a really good job of depicting what it's like when I was at CBN, when I was being groomed by Disney on Maui. Um, the operatives from the Masons. It's like and when I was at Rockefellers with Colonial Williamsburg. What happens is watch uh, Man in the High Castle and see how uh, Joe Blake is treated. Okay. That's how I was treated. And what happens is you're – it's like – it's crazy. Nothing's done the way legally or nothing's done the way it's supposed to be. It's all under the table. And so when I was at Rockefeller's group, they gave me this historic home to live in, six bedrooms, four baths, you know, just a historic home. <coughs> and they said, you know, you have to be a senior staff member to get that. Well, we're going to just put you right through, Tom. Just don't tell anybody. Wow. When I was in the SSE, a Shenandoah Shakespeare Express, Stanton, in Stanton, okay. Virginia, they had young girls that were part of um, this gifted program that came in, and our guys were sleeping with them left and right. They're 14, 15 years old at SSE. So that right this there, renowned Tom And they were telling to- us, they said, we want – listen to this. They say this. That Jim Warren, the head of that group who cast me, said, I want my actors to be happy. Same thing with Maui Academy Performing Arts on Maui. Young girls being hit on. And it's like – and the guy, this Mark Colmer, who was 
uh, this like operative guy, Jewish operative guy who was brought from where I was born. I'm in Pennsylvania. Comes to Maui and gets in with my job as a control thing to get me out. Mm. He's sleeping around with these people that are 15. And it's like, you know, they know it. And, and the guy, David Johnson at MAPA right. says, well, he gets me bookings. What? Damn. And so when Disney had their low, so it's all through the arts community. It's like pedophilia is rampant. And they look the other way and say, they'll say things like Jim Warren said, I just want my actress to be happy. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Right, right. So yeah, I was at this like, I went to this one lake thing on a watch with these different guys in our group and these young girls just took their clothes off. Like it was just, they just took their clothes off at the lake. They just took, I'm like, oh my God. And then one girl said, you look nervous. I'm like, I don't, this isn't right. Well, right, no shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then they take us to this gay party where it's like all these guys. And I'm like, and I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Why are we here? We have to please our clients. And I kid you not, the guy took me up to the bathroom of this mansion with a pool. I'm like, oh, what are we want to show some artwork. So I go up to look at this, this room upstairs. And I kid you not, bouquet of penises in a vase is the artwork. Oh my like, guys, come on. That's how sick the entertainment world is in this country. I mean, it's just like so funny. I mean, I could write a spoof on it, but it's not funny because the young people involved. Right. And the girls, the girls that are involved in this are willing. It's like they, they think that that's what they're supposed to do. And so the guy that replaced me at SSE, a 14-year-old girl, beautiful girl, smart girl. And then Jim Warrens passes it along that, you know, it was a torrid affair. A torrid affair? This John guy who's still there had a torrid affair with a 14-year-old? Right. And now he's yep. married to the costumer or something. You know, he's like, he has this great life, you know, having years and years with SSE. I'm sorry, but I just, I have seen this go on and on and on. And your good guys lose their job. And the ones that are involved in pedophilia get promoted. And you know what? Um, here's one for you. You know what Spielberg did for David Johnson on Maui from MAPA? He, I'm afraid to ask. With this... Easter eggs. Well, they honor you with Easter eggs. So get this. Bates Motel is Spielberg. Uh, I'm sorry, Joel Silver's baby, right? From Warner Brothers and Silver Pictures. Bates Motel. Yeah, I remember. So see if I'm wrong. See if there's not an Arwen Johnson listed as a semi-lead role in Bates Motel. A prostitute character who's very important. You know who Arwen Johnson is in real life? Strange uh, no. name, right? Arwen Johnson? David Johnson's daughter on MAPA, Maui. The man who also had Marcus Bradley, vicious character, trashing me every which way and said, the great David Johnson, and said, MAPA, great work, you know, and Tom is an egomaniac, and the attorneys for Warner Brothers did a good job. Marcus Bradley is Bradley Marcus, who was with Joel Silver and Spielberg, the Marcus brothers, uh, yeah, in um, Hollywood who do the Saturn Awards with Wachowskis. That's why I'm telling you, it's going to be blow away. I mean, this is how stupid they all are. And they get these awards. And so what is interesting is go back to um, Mike Lang. Mike Lang is Harvey Weinstein's boss. We got Mike Lang's email, Ziet Zion, on my birthday, July 2nd, which is also in the Matrix on the clock, to the honeypot wife saying when he, she's leaving my son and I uh, in the email saying, Becca, move in with me for 60 days, question mark, and showing his... Mistress Pad, Langs on Howard, big egotistical L out front in Spokane, Washington, playground of Hollywood. We've got that email. 
And it shows the picture of the, you know, the shaving kit on the bed and the big L out front of this mansion place, this mistress pad. And it's so stupid because the honeypot white leaves us, but we're going to look for where, where did the wife go? We found all the emails from Mike Lang. And so they struck it from our devices, but we had it on external drive. So oh, yeah. To, oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Always that's is. what I'm telling you is they're, they're caught. And one of the great rules in the cabal is not to reveal the trail or others. Well, Mike Lang did that. So the media covers from Mike Lang. When Harvey Weinstein was revealed is when I was coming forward with testimony about Mike Lang. So they reveal Harvey Weinstein, not his boss, Mike Lang. And even in the articles like Toronto Star or whatever, they say Harvey Weinstein's boss. They don't say Mike Lang. He's not supposed to be mentioned. That's the rule in the media. Don't say Mike Lang. But Mike Lang was from Michael Eisner at Disney. In 1993, when this affidavit says the work is submitted, 1993, they formed Miramax Films and also uh, mm-hmm. Film Tracks. And who's in charge of it? Mike Lang. And who is his par- who's under him? Harvey Weinstein. And who put it in place? Michael Eisner. Why is it there? Well, Mike Lang's title basically was uh, executive in charge of strategy for acquisition of intellectual property, which means person put in place by Disney to steal intellectual property, right? They got yeah. away with Mickey Mouse, so why not keep going? And so what happens <clears> is they have a warehouse, in this Vanity Fair article, a warehouse with these hard copy scripts from the early 90s, right here, that are, they don't own, but they're in the warehouse, and Mike Lang's supposed to figure out, Harvey Weinstein and them are supposed to figure out how to get the rights to these when they don't own them. So they came up with that strategy which you now see, which is put titles in the copyright office. Wait for the authors to die. If they don't die, give them a little push to die. And then simply push it through the court to you on the work. That's, we got them. We got them so bad. And their whole thing is about being clever. The game is over. Well, so I'm still around. Yeah. They're and milking this, Tom. They're literally milking this script because they, yeah. they've got, they, they at this point think or, and or know that, uh, how, question, okay. I, I seen it. Come, I seen it come up in, in the chat. Something about shouldn't shouldn't the name on your paper be the Red Pill Rising, versus the Matrix, or uh, instead of being whatever? I mean, in other words, is they're, they're at they're they're wondering how you got uh, got a case here. Maybe I don't have a case. Yeah, because of the title. It, yeah, the title. Because the oh, title. we have a case because the Immortals title. My title is who Dino Laurentis who wined and dined the Wachowskis. He put his name under my title, De Laurentiis, Paradise Films, De Laurentiis okay. Pictures. All those are under my title, The Immortals, nothing under Matrix. Yet, De Laurentiis is under The Assassins with Larry and Andy Wachowski in the copyright office. Wow. So where's, okay. where's the Matrix? So right. do you think we got them? We got them coming and going. We got them. We got them. How, how's all this, <clears throat> out of curiosity, if, 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 I'm, uh, if I may, how let, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein for a minute, right? That's all a right. big. What that's a that? big name. That's a big name in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the parties. We mentioned the 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 sex trafficking of of younger un, underage girls. Yeah, commonplace, commonplace. So, one of them, one of them, have already gotten drawn out, drawn out, busted, and and is now in the custody of, you know, custody of the feds. That mm-hmm. Weinstein himself. But how deep does this rabbit hole go there, Neo? It goes all the way to the top. Michael Eisner is the father of intellectual property ripoff of Disney. Michael Eisner. 
Michael Eisner's biggest payoff he ever gave was Steve Jobs. Michael Eisner is the one that put Mike Lang in place in 1993. My work was sent to him through Pat Robertson's professor and model agent manager, Ned and Judy Nankovich, who got top positions, get this, at Disney and also Universal Studios, where Joel Silver is working on it. So how did somebody on the East Coast with Pat Robertson get top positions all of a sudden and give me a call saying, hey, Tom, uh, Judy's in top position now at uh, the story department, development department. Those are covered positions. So and then they, you know, we'll get your work in and get it done. And how come it's not? So we've got their letterhead writing me this. We got them on their Disney letterhead and everything writing me these things. I still have it with their signatures and red ink. Got it. I mean, mm -hmm. I did my homework. Right. So the real question is, um, you know, how soon do we win? I guess it's like they, they can't. They'd have to control the process again by having. What they had was an uh, attorney with a suspended license, Anthony Rankin, coming in through the honeypot wife. He was her landlord. She had a criminal record, had been in jail, ex-con, for prostitution and other things. And so her records expunged at the end of the uh, con game, the long con. But the thing is that this story is too explosive and too big. There's no way to argue that the Wachowskis um, wrote a Matrix script because they're now coming out and saying that they're improvising. Make, they think I'm done in the water, apparently, or racing forward to get it before they get their assets frozen. And so they're not even – we said before they made it up as they went along. We were told that by Paul Martin, fight choreographer from The Matrix set, he told us. But the thing is that their attorneys on tape say that they have no working drafts, no notebooks. It's a lie by the Wachowskis. No notebooks, no working drafts, nothing. Got them recorded saying that. That they claim that's a moot point to ask for any discovery. Seriously? So listen to that now. Think this through. They have no materials. They have mine. And so what they're doing now is doing the final ripoff. Joel Silver said in an article, they hope they used up the rest of the story. So they made it up as they went along. Can you imagine a studio making it up as they went along? What, what are they banking on? We're just going to go ahead and just shoot for the stars. <laughs> I know. Spitball it. We're going to roll <laughs> millions on this, and we'll just make it up as we go along. We'll have them going on a motorcycle. We'll have them jump off a building. That'll be cool. And and yeah, it's ridiculous. But there's a really an author who actually wrote the screenplay and has the Jackson Eck train station, everything preceding them. Uh, yeah, I, I think we don't have a problem here. I well, think it's going to be quite simple. To me, to me, reading, you know, to me, watching the Matrix, what you know, watching the normal Matrix and then watching what, yeah, watching it and then and then you telling me that, and sharing with me how this how in, in the script was sup, supposed to end how the, you know what i'm saying this is why in in the description of the show it's like they completely def, defamed the script rewrote it i mean this is like not even defamation of character this is defamation no. of intellectual property yeah absolutely right even yeah pat robertson actually made a comment it was you know, we have it somewhere written down or copied where he said the Wachowskis are geniuses, but the script was bad. So there he's taking one more stab at me. My script is bad, but the Wachowskis are geniuses. Are you serious? They said in an article he failed it at, at uh, had to leave failed his writers in Hollywood have to pack their bags and leave. They had Plastic Man and Carnivore. Carnivore, a guy that eats rich people, and Plastic Man, a guy who defecates radioactive material, takes a dump of radioactive material. That's their genius. And they still are peddling that. 
Bro, he no. was paid to say so that. Doing derivatives off my work. Yeah. He was paid to say that. Relax. No, but I it's mean, so stupid. It's there's, just dumb. There's no way. I mean, you know, looking looking at how far that movie has, like, and even then, let's talk about that for a minute. All right. All right. Um, the Matrix Four is like supposedly like gonna be coming out and stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, they're pushing it because they want to beat us to the punch. Right. They want to capitalize profit off it before we get a court case on them, a legitimate court case. We actually do process. So where where's that at? I mean, the because they've been literally they've been they've been milking. Corrupt Hollywood has been milking this project, and literally been milking this screenplay, because yeah. from one to two to three to now we're to four. Where how far are, are they within, literally butchering it? They've already butchered it. If you're making it up as you go along, if you're making it up as you go along, you've already butchered it. I mean, it's roadkill. They're not getting a prime beef. It's just like they're just – and what they're doing is they're using the notes that I had. And so now they're even doing things like the Oracle was just you know somehow derived in the program, not, not put there or created. Well, that's what mine is. My Oracle is an anomaly. Who had a father outside the program, a mother inside the program, and somehow he didn't age and he can go between the inside and out. That's what I had. So right. now they're taking the details that I had for Matrix 4 because they had all my notes and everything through the corrupt attorneys. And you know what their uh, judge they supplied was actually Robertson's appointed judge and Bush's supplied judge, Gary, Gary um, Klausner. He argued that it's not worth going into the matchups. How do you do a copyright motion for summary judgment if you're saying it's not worth going into the matchups jackson neck is not worth going into train station with little girl being pushed forward they can't follow uh trap between worlds liquid mirrors that you take the red pill you can enter through or pass through that's not worth going into identical yeah. figures at the end is not worth going into it's not going worth going into that's your msj a page and a half that pisses me off see that's here... doing a bad job it's a hack that's a hack judge this is this is I, I just seen I just seen Miss Julie from Australia. Number one, shouts out to you. But she's also they're, they're starting to get worried about you. Okay, I'm because, gonna make it through. I'm because uh, even though you are not a suicidal person, we're not suicidal. No, no, I love you know, any of that. Uh, let's not forget. Okay, I reached out to. I'm gonna say this name, and God bless him. His name is Isaac Cappy. You know, oh, I know. Yeah. And yeah. what happened? To Isaac, no one really knows. No one truly knows Isaac's story. But what I do know about Tom Althouse is he's with a lovely woman. He's rattling some cages, and he's got a a a, a fire lit under his ass to slam to, dunk case. You got slam it. Slam dunk case. Yeah. So I I want to oh. throw that out there. I don't, and we're worried about you because of our, our well, good friend Isaac that, Cappy. Well, here's the key. Here's the key. Interviews. Interviews, documentary, book, a case. You educate the public first. There's two arenas I've been apprised of. The court arena, public opinion arena. We have to educate the public and those that have critical thinking. That's what we're doing right now, right now. Mm-hmm. And what they say is on that contact tape, which I recorded, and thank God I recorded that tape that I can play later in the documentary, where the contact from Disney says, you won the chess game. Um, and I said to him, I, on the tape, you hear me go, well, what, what that, did I do that my family deserved this? And you know the answer? Quote, 
you dared to face them down. I dared to face them down? So my sons die, and my intellectual property's gone, everything's taken. My, just as Brian Fitzpatrick says in this latest article that he wrote himself for Fox, that blows my mind, wrote himself for Fox News, said that what you do is take away their finances, pound them, ruin their reputation, find people that know them, turn them, turn them against them, take their intellectual property. So what you've got is, and then, you know, whatever you can for countermeasures. Now, their FBI is claiming now that they only go after those that are after them, not after the FBI. I'm after my last son having a good life. Right. I'm after maybe getting married to have a great life with a beautiful woman. I'm after seeing justice in this world for many, many people. I'm after turning the whole Bill Gates strategy around on its head, that we have a world that's fair, that we have a whole golden age in the art. Yeah, I want my film made, that the message can finally be given, one of hope, not of suicide, of lifting each other, that looking at each other having value. Let's start doing that, not this rehashed garbage that Hollywood's doing, because they bring people in-house that, quote, failed as writers to keep the work in-house to profit off of. That's what you're seeing. If I'm smart enough to write this story, I'm smart enough to follow the trail, and that's what one correspondent said. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm listed as a gifted genius. I was tested. I can see this through. I'm not going to stop, but I'm alive because I did interviews. Words out. Right. So if they did something to me now, <clears throat> that's a delicate matter, right? I'm saying I love life. I love I, people. I know All you life. do, Tom. We I've I've spoke to you more more than a handful of times, man, and I I've. I, I know that you've got a passion for, for art, creativity. I know you love your life. I know you love life. I, I know you love Ange and and everybody in your life to help you, and it's got your back, dude. You you are in a really really tight spot because of of you know again. Let's just say the words. We're not afraid to do this. Go ahead ahead. You won't be owned. No, not at all. You won't no. will not be owned, and I, and that's the same thing that I share here. I I don't want. And I guess that's the struggle, okay? That's that's the struggle I've got, is I won't well, be owned. I, I won't be owned. I, I, I won't. So that's it. I, I meet the best people, like your like person calling with concern. I meet the best people from around the world. You're part of that circle. And so the best is coming together. And this screenplay was written. We hold the copyright. It predates the Matrix. We've got this. They can't stop hang, us. Hang, hang that. Hang, hang on. Put that. Put that back up there. I'm show. The, the, okay. Big, nice, big. This screen. is the date. This is show. the date of this there you copyright. Go. December 1998. Matrix was done in 99, and there was no script. They wrote their script after they shot it because they made it up as they went along, and now they're confessing they're making up as they go along. They're finished. Right. They're finished. They've fallen apart. And here's the director, specialist of the copyright office, both. This bolting seal, they said it's irrefutable. Who owns the copyright? Who predates it? Who has the train station scenes? Like in the layers of it that they stripped out, the train station scenes with the liquid mirrors. I like it that way. Don't have Neo stick his hand through a mirror with a guy offering a red pill, blue pill. That's all simplified garbage. It oh. should be the... The mirrors are the security devices at the train station. If you take the red pill, you can pass through it. Not Neo running down a corridor and coming back on the same corridor. That doesn't make any sense. And why is he flying to escape danger? If he's got that power, then end the movie. It doesn't. There's no more reason to fight. 
again, okay, that's, that's just that's milking the screen. Yeah. That's trying I, to just prolong it, bro. You, you know. I'm embarrassed for yeah. I'm embarrassed for anybody going to see Matrix Four. You're gonna see the empty. Like, I wrote that everybody could take their take on the work, and create their own worlds from it. That it could expand like a golden age, hopefully, where everybody could do their work, and I would allow them to do their own derivatives on it, so we could all do our takes on it. It's supposed to be everybody's work, not the Wachowskis. We got the worst candidates doing their spin on it and saying it's the way it's supposed to be done. Don't go see Matrix 4. It's Ab- the worst candidates. Those guys failed as writers. Sorry to be passionate about it, but it, that's the worst pick. That's like that's like picking, I don't know, it's Humpty Dumpty to write it. You know, it's like, they're the, Larry, and notice that Andy Wachowski backed off. Now this Teague guy or this other director has come forward saying, I was a director and writer in The Matrix all along. Oh, really? Really? So you're actually the thief who had the cowardice to stay behind the curtain. And so you worked with Larry. We know there was another writer. We were always told. And he, he was such a coward, he stayed out of the picture. And now Andy's actually part of this, having say on it, but officially not on the project. So he can still, what a coward. He's going to benefit from it. And I was noticing that in the clip I was shown of Andy watching and commenting on Matrix 4 story. Not a girl. He's a guy. He's a dude. Looking like a dude. It's because the Warner Brothers made him look like a woman because that's part of their agenda, transgender thing. So they made him do that as punishment for what? Taking all my stats, my my clock face, everything in the original um, movie. They weren't supposed to do that. Like look at my look at my save screen here. Or my, my shoot, my screen. One second. Let me get rid of this notification. You see okay. here. Bro, here's the, the thing. Second. They just yeah. they've like literally just railroaded you from the beginning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Here, let me show you this. Just clear this up. Like my phone's acting weird. It's owned by AT&T. Okay, <laughs> now it's acting weird again. So they're going to just mess with me here. It's not, look, it's going like that. I'm trying to show you the picture on my phone. It's not going to let me. Like goofballs. Anyways, it happens all the time. So, um now it's going to show you just a blown up version. Okay, but the this clock. clock face in the Animatrix is on 7-2-59. 7-2-59. And that is my exact birthday, July 2nd, 59. So they had the audacity to put my exact birthday in the Animatrix, like I'm holding it here for you. The shot is it holding it for the audience. The Wachowskis blew it. They put my high school, like I said, Central West High, right in the first graphic, the first graphic shot, Central West High. They put that in. My dad's name, our Scottish clan name, my name, my birthday, all there. And then they fill the clock screen, uh, clean the screen in Animatrix, my exact birthday on the clock. What are the mathematical probabilities of that happening? So they blew it, so therefore they had to be punished without being publicly acknowledged as being punished. See? So they had to be women. And he doesn't want to be a, a girl. He wants to be a dude. Right. And so right. that was part of his punishment. So you'll see him in the future going back to Guy, look, once his uh, probation's done, if something happened to me. That is, this is unreal because I, 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 to the scope and the degree that they have taken this. About it, control. It, Profit, control, greed. Yeah. They believe, they want to say we're all like it. That we're but, all that way. I'm not. But we're not like that. Like I told no. you just before this this show, 
Okay. Yep. It's like people would they 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 look at the cherry pie, and the some bitches put all together, and it's like every we're you're, we're ready to dig in and eat it, but nobody nobody wants to help create it and build it. No, no, I they've do. stolen do. it. Yes, I yes, do. I, I yeah, absolutely do. do. That's what I told you on the phone. I knew that. I see that. Do you know what's really wild is like you look at these Easter eggs are sticking in. My birthday is now the standard in the industry. I can tell your audience. My birthday is the standard in the industry now. That 7-2 is now more prevalent. I got him off guard here. Yeah. It's now more prevalent. That 7-2 is more prevalent than 10 after 10. So in Man in the High Castle, you see 7-2 on the clock. Then you'll see the reverse. There's something about Hollywood that are telling me where they reverse it like the looking glass. So you do the reverse. So you do 5-10. So you'll see 7-2 on the clock. Next shot, you'll see an image of a 5-10. They do my name in Animatrix backwards. Tom Park Althouse across the screen backwards. The looking glass. It's something they're doing, it's, I guess, to be clever. But you can easily switch it around. And so that graphic must have cost a fortune. But in um, also black sales, 7-2 on the clock, 7-2. So the standard industry now is uh, go-to clock face is 7-2, my birthday. It's safer to have my birthday on a clock than 10 after 10 to get around copyright law because they don't think I can do anything about it. That should blow minds. But that, that the, we talked uh, in, our, in, in our private uh, sorry, prior interview – we talked about how the clock face was just, just primarily just a, a mockery. There was a smock, yeah. a mock smock, smack in your face. Well, yeah, right? the Wachowskis weren't supposed to do it. They weren't supposed to stick it in there. Oops, they, oops. Yeah, but how did I find out? It's in there for a split second. How do I know? Because the guys inside the Warner Brothers story department, who want to be anonymous, called me and told me where to look. That graphic in the Matrix, if you freeze it, you couldn't do it back when it first came out in 99. That's like VHS and stuff. You couldn't freeze it. But with digital, you can. And it's a split second. When you freeze it, it's already in motion turning. Right. right. And you see my high school, my birthday, my dad's name, my name, our Scottish clan name. You see Michelle McGee listed as Neo Mom. She's the art director. They blame it on. And Owen Patterson, they blame it on also as the production manager as they their school. It's one big joke. And what's fascinating is they get my name wrong, or my date wrong, my birthday wrong, in Matrix because records, according to USAA insurance, the military insurance, I qualify because captain, my dad's a captain, mm -hmm. as Spielberg so nicely put in the film, uh, Minor Report. Since he's a captain, I got USA insurance. They did a search on me, and they said, oh, your birthday in 1996-99 records is listed as July 22nd. So go to the graphic on redpillrising.org or any Matrix tape, freeze frame the interrogation scene, and see what's on the top of that rap sheet. Damn. By 22nd. And then what happens in 2003, the records are corrected, and we go, the, the boys have to correct it. July 2nd. They had to correct it. July 2nd, 59. One before the 60. And my age in the red. Four past the 444 in 2003. Go back to that matrix entry. There's no, I mean, there's no way we can lose in court in a fair day. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Right. They signed the thing. And so you go back to that first matrix entry again with the interrogation scene. Take a look at the column in bold. Everything's there for a reason, they say, for the to keep the project interesting for the directors. 
Larry Nandy. Every cell they're quoted as saying during the divorce case with Leah Bloom, who incidentally sets the record straight that Andy and Larry didn't start working on it until 1995 when they finally got permission. The Warner Bros. wasn't sure about using the Wachowskis, and fans will know about um, Bound, where Joel Silverset was the audition piece to see if they could at least direct to be given the science project, my work. So, so what you've got is in that first graphic in the Matrix, the Wachowskis guys, they put in the column TA4099. Yeah, I was 40 and 99. So what, Larry? And then 380, numerology, give up your most cherished possessions to prepare for your death. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Larry. And the caller told me from the story department that that was a big slap in my face and a deadly joke to suggest that Larry was doing me a favor, taking my most cherished worldly possessions to help me prepare for my death. No thanks. I'm going to survive this and see you in court, Larry. Wow. Tom, let's take a let's take a phone call from area code five. I think five four zero that's going to chime right. in and got going to sure. pick your brain here. So, area code five four zero, you're unmuted. Welcome to the Matrix Minds with myself and the man behind the Matrix, Mr. Tom Aldhouse. Who is this? Hello. Hey, my name is Chris, and um, that area code is Virginia area code, but I, I actually live in in Pennsylvania. So, um, but um, I wanted to say I wanted to say hi to to Tom because. I'm actually part of Right On Radio, and mm-hmm. um, I know I know Tiffany, and I know that Tiffany's a friend of Tom's. I just wanted to mm-hmm. let you know I'm the one that that harasses your manager on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's great. And um, I wanted to say I'm so proud of you. You're looking great. You have you just look so much better than you did several months ago. I continue mm-hmm. to pray for you every day. God bless you, and I know God's got you covered. I, that's all I wanted to say. No, I so appreciate it. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I feel it. I feel the power of it. It was actually written for His glory, wasn't it? I know. I know it was. Out the ending. Yeah, they stripped out the ending. I, the identical figures at the end are supposed to be the Christ facing off the architect, looking like Christ, to balance the equation. And so they but put you know Leo in the role what, and put the cross in his the chest. Of, what's the What's the end of the story, though, Tom? What's the end of the story? God wins. The end of the right? uh, Immortals, the story the Matrix says it's supposed to be? Not a little girl just pointing at the sun, and did she make a sunset? Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be the little girl is reunited with her daddy, Neo. Yeah. I lost yeah. my kids. And I know... So the Neo character has a daughter who's reunited with him at the end. The little girl at the train station is indicative of the girl he lost. And she's right. being pushed through. And the character in the in our screenplay is saying, it's your daughter, it's your daughter, Brittany, right? So they changed the Sati just ordering the um, the letters around, right? The, I mean the name the name around. And so what's interesting is you have the train station scene where it sets up for that satisfying ending. And here it is right here. You're setting up for, I'm glad you asked, a satisfying ending where the little girl, uh, the, that Neo lost his daughter, right? And um, in the scene before, and this little girl at the train station reminds him of the, the girl he lost, the daughter he lost. And you can see when the liquid mirrors are reforming, the man gets cut in two on this you know, thing where they have to take the red pill to get through. Haggard woman, not a well-groomed Indian family, a haggard woman with thousands of people pushing their kids forward to put them in the program where they think it'll be a better life. It's not going to be a better life. I'm warning about child trafficking. Right? 
They ruined it. Yeah, it, and they said it's just it's a subplot. Totally, it's totally prophetic. I've 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 known that, and um, right. I just I really I, I God bless you, Tom. Your courage is, is, yeah. is so motivating, and and you're gonna be just fine. God's got you. I believe it. I believe it. You know what occurred to me? Someone's got to do it. If yeah. and shame on us if we don't do something about it. You know, in, in yep. the movies, we watch these characters, like even Man in the High Castle or Black Sails, going, you know, well, just go with it. I have to take care of my family. That's the main excuse the Hollywood group and FBI is sending us. Well, don't don't get involved. Take care of your family. Well, I took right. the risk. And my last surviving son said, Dad, you've got to do this. If anything happens to me, you finish this. That's yeah, and I know that's that's amazing. You have the support of your son. That mm -hmm. that's that's amazing. I, I, no, he's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, after yeah. all he lost. Could you imagine if your mom had been a prostitute, played you completely, went back to Mike Lang on the birthday of your dad, and um, you know, took everything, took everything. Well, I know that. The evidence. I like, know. You know, and then he turns out to be this high honor student, playing soccer, tennis now. He jokes about his mom being ex-con, you know, prostitute in jail. He he just he's incredible, incredible guy. I I'm so blessed. But thank you, thank you for your. You are support. blessed. Tell Angela I said hi. Tell her, Jesus freak on Twitter. She'll know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're great. You're, thank you for your comments too. You uh, okay. All right. Bye. Oh, great. Bye. Thank you for calling. Thank see, you. You're welcome. Yeah, Tom. See, that's what I'm. That that's what I I love to hear is that you've got the backing and everybody that's tuning in and listening. The 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 switchboard is wide open. You guys are free to call and pick Tom Oldhouse's brain. I know probably you guys have got questions. How did it happen? Da, 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 da. Uh, but he's already yeah. went over all of that. I mean, uh, you guys can just pick his brain if you. This is the man that's got the screenplay. And this is it, okay? I'd love, I'd love for people to say, you know, how do you actually balance the equation? Which Aussies won't tell you. Well, they have my notes now. Maybe they understand it. You know, where do the scenes come from? Where did the train station scene come from in history? Where Who did really it come architect? from? Where does it come from in history? Why is there an oracle? And how many oracles were there? And what was their purpose? And is the architect actually, you know, now they're saying the train man is a former architect. Nice coverage. The train man is simply the Wachowskis making it up on set, drawing from what they know in their simplistic minds, and drawing from ghosts. It doesn't have anything to do with it. There's nothing deep about it. Drawing just from up as ghost? Uh -huh. Did you say drawing from ghost? They drew it from ghost. The, the movie Ghost. They drew the train man from ghost. They're just borrowing everything. Bill Silver slips up and says the only original thing they created was the um, side, the, those little machines in underground that do the shooting with the machine gun things that should be loaded from behind and yeah. have no armor on the front. Could you imagine designing a military system where you're completely exposed <laughs> these things with no protection, yeah. no armor? What the frick? And then they claim, Joel Silver claims it was their genius. Then they built him a mock-up large model of that. It's from aliens. Badly done. Oh, and he says, man. that's their genius. That's their genius from Matrix. Yeah, that's not in my. That's what. That's not in there. You're like we're. Tunnels, <laughs> and everything else. I can yeah. see you. You like where the hell? That oh, is not. I'm... That is not in the script. Where the hell? Where did? Where did no. this shit come from? Where did that, this I, come? Why would you have an exposed body 
and these robotic things where you have to load it from behind. That's like saying I have a revolver revolver that has to be loaded from my ass. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, so right. stupid. These guys are so dumb. Yeah, but but here's the thing, Tom. The the intellectual property. I the way it sounds is like they can't even come up with it. Okay. Now I've got to understand it. They don't understand. Plastic Man and Carnivore. That's their work. Plastic Man and Carnivore. I got it. It's an insult to writers everywhere. What's what's even? Let me let me share with you even even something that I've learned through my contacts out out west is that. Uh, Alicia, all right. I, I will. I will ask him that. I, I will ask him that. Through my contacts out west, right? My my family out there on, on the west coast. I have learned that even like like movie production, right? It is so corrupt to the point where oh, yeah. you you as a writer you can come with, come to them with a two hundred page script, and it be the next mind blowing kick ass script in the world. But if Hollywood doesn't want a script like that, it goes straight in the trash can. It doesn't. It goes even... also, yeah, yeah. Chop shop too. Any idea they want. Greg Silverman even said uh, that's Joel Silver's prodigy who helped bump out Robinoff, and he was sent to literally sent to China on a thirty film deal. That's when I came forward. As they got rid of Robinoff, what was he standing for? Right. So he goes to China literally with a thirty film deal. And so what happened was. Greg Silverman even makes a comment then, and we have the copy of that from the story department, where it says, yeah, we take original stuff, too. They chop shop it. If they like an idea, they just pull it out. Josh Whedon took Dollhouse from my work when I was – it was sent to the Waterworld team, Greg Wester. I'm um, no, sorry, uh, Keith Wester asked me to send it in at the time when I was at uh, Rockefeller's group. And so Josh Whedon's on set completing Waterworld. And he sees it, and he takes the idea of Dollhouse where it's like my female agents had their memories being erased, but the residue sort of remained. So he took it. And he says in his lecture series, yeah, I just take stuff. Yeah, I'll just take stuff. Everybody does. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. I like it back. But it's in my, it's <laughs> right. in my stuff predated in his work. But yeah, I mean, predate, I predate his work. So wait till you see how it's actually supposed to be. How the res That's why Trinity has to help Neo when he's looking for the dome using Smith's memories. You know, because he's living the suffering of his family. You can't take the daughter and the wife out of the story of the Matrix. You can't take it out and have a satisfying ending. The little girl pointing at the sun doesn't work. Horrible. Does anybody think that's satisfying? I know. Wrap the story up with, wow, that's an ending. Woohoo! And the, ending, <laughs> the way they did it is they made it up. Did you create that? That's a bang ending. Let's do Rage of the Machine. <laughs> Okay, so I'm trying to get to some of these comments here in this in the sandbox. Go ahead. Because these these cats are scared. For some reason, these cats are scared to call in and talk to you. I don't know why. Just call in, please call in. I'd like to hear a voice. The whole playbook is isolate, alienate. I'd like to connect with some humanity that actually has a brain, like you. Okay. So, like so, call it, just call it sweet. Jesus freak is her name. I love her. She's awesome. So give me some more critical thinkers, please. Call okay. In. Uh, it's being asked. Let me let me see if I can get back to the name here. Um. Uh, where was it? Al Alicia asks asks you, uh, for me to ask Tom why, why you wrote that script. What what was behind that script? Why did you that write is it? A great, great question. Thank you, Alicia. I wrote it because I felt led to. Now, whatever that translates to, 
I wanted to know the answer to the question. There's a God, and we're on a timeline for revelations and destruction in the end. And he's our father. Will he allow his children the opportunity to prove their worth? Are we allowed to say, God, Father, we show you. Give us a chance to come through as your children. Give us a chance to come through faithfully. Can we, even if that's a Job story process where we'll suffer through it, can we show you we love you and we're going to be good about this and we're going to follow through and come through? Okay. I thought it was a fair question. And what happened was experiences and things where you find out why our Zion comes from, the idea of Zion, scriptures that tied to it, and what led me on a whole journey and process where I felt like there was a cup that was given me that I had to see through. And I feel we've done it. I actually feel we have altered the timeline of this work. How many people say it affected their lives and changed their lives? Well, if you want to know where it comes from, it's right here in my hands. And I want it to be everybody's. Hang tight, hang this tight, hang on to that, hang on to that. the timeline. And it's copyright and proven and predates. We changed the timeline. I believe there is that power, the architect of the universe, the God. I believe that. It gives glory to him in the end. And I believe that that did change the course of human history. We can come together. The um, code, if you will, and I'm so glad you asked the question, Lisa. It's like the code in that is not – like the Wachowskis really wouldn't tell you what the codes are. They'll say, oh, figure it out for yourselves. I'll tell you what it was intended. To touch people around this world that had a heart, passion, intellect, cross-disciplines, different talents, where they go, wait a minute. Let's come together over this. Let's form a think tank, if you will. Solve the world problems. Let's do it. The code in the real Matrix story, the Immortals, is to bring good people together with critical thinking. That's what we're doing right now. We can solve all kinds of problems. I've got 14 more screenplays. Hollywood's been egging for them. They're not getting them. They can keep doing their rehash garbage like SpongeBob and stuff. They're not getting it unless they do it right. So I'm trying to encourage the industry to make a good choice and realize that people with compassion are the way to go. The actual authors not bringing failed writers in save their careers they can control in-house intellectual property that's not theirs why not actually work with the actual writers but there'll be caveats and conditions studios need to behave themselves I know work has to be morphed and changed often but according to what when I pitched it to Bonaventura this work he said we were keeping it as it is this is revolutionary we're educating them now they're worried that they're fat in the middle they're not needed yeah, they keep going the way they are. They're not. Anybody who's been involved in the pedophile stuff, you're not invited. You're out. I won't accept it as far as I'm concerned. But if you're not, let's work together. Let's make this better. Make a good choice, Disney. Make a good choice. Do it right, Eisner. <clears throat> well, see, Tom, here, here's the thing. You know, these what, what's what – what I always say, and I can see that you're, I can see the compassion in your heart. This is what I'm saying. You're, you're a good man, Tom. And with, with that being said, dude, we, we've got compassion in us. And the God within me recognizes the God in you. Okay. And we can see these good people in bad places. So if you're calling them out, you know that they're there. 
and I do it all the time to all of the ABC, all of the ABCs. Do do not make a mistake saying to anybody, you know, all all of the FBI is corrupt, all of the CIA is corrupt. There are some good good people in bad places. Right, but they when it comes to push and shove, they need to make the right choice. Yes, they Even do. Costing their job. Yes. And the thing is that, or log it in their mind. And I would offer this. Even if they decide to go along, turn the eyes the other way, not acknowledge it like they did on CBN. I kept hearing all the time, I don't want to hear it. Uh, they do some good. That's what Hitler was accused of, you're doing some good. The thing is that what they need to do then is say, okay, at some point I'm going to make this right. If I'm going to cower it out right now, then at some point I'm going to make this right. At least make that promise to humanity and yourself that if you're in the FBI and the CIA and you're letting this stuff slide and watching these young couples murdered – that at some point you're going to make it right, not to profit off it, but to make it right. At least go that way. Set that in your mind. But do you see that happening? Do you have? I mean, do you see that happen? Because here's the thing. Again, all, I gotta say this. There's a you and I talked off air quite sometimes, mm -hmm. and and we talked about how now they see that you are primarily kicking the door off the cage. You've mm -hmm. ripped it off. And now they're coming at you wanting to almost invest in you. I yes, wonder why yes, the hell that is, Tom. Well, they're saying this is what's really freaky is their attorneys and different people inside Hollywood are saying the real life story now is worth a fortune. Isn't that something? They're saying my real life story is worth a fortune. They can't believe I kept my character intact and stayed genuine. And that we survived everything. So it's like here I am. With good people coming together, like Ange and others, and it's like like yourself, and it's like we're through the storm, we're through the tunnel, we're through the gauntlet. The interviews are keeping us from being annihilated, if you will. They can't make a move, so they're the ones that are running and jumping out of buildings. The other side. At the same time, we have their playbook. We know exactly how to reveal them. They don't have an exit strategy that's going to work anymore. Because they can't say – like the FBI operatives can't say, well, I've got a journal. I'm going to reveal this journal, and it will make me the good guy. The Robertson's group does the same thing. David Wilcox of Robertson's group was a former head of security, and then he came animation department. And he told me – I, I recorded this call just for posterity. And on that, just so he knows, it's recorded, and I'll play it. All right. But the thing is that on that tape – refresh his memory if he's listening at some point – David Wilcox says that he's keeping a journal on Pat Robertson. As long as Pat Robertson serves him, Pat Robertson can say anything about David Wilcox, use his name to say he said something, he'll back it and say, okay, he can say whatever he wants about me, I'll back him. Until he falls. As soon as Pat Robertson falls, David Wilcox is going to pull his journal out and profit off of Robertson's fall. That's something. That's how they work. But the question is, why did you come forward when it mattered? children to families to others that suffered why are you waiting till it profits you and covers you david wilcox why now, fbi agents yeah are we talking about the same david from from gaia curiosity is it i don't know where he put his butt after pat robertson but okay, i've got a tape you should know i've got a tape of him in a lengthy discussion with me and uh yeah I, I don't think it's so the same. I don't. It. It can't Maybe be. not. I don't think so. It David can't Wilcox be. Will be connected to 
Yeah, I'd have to Google him. Somebody have to Google David Wilcox and look for Pat Robertson. He'd be under Regent University and Pat Robertson CBN Network. You'd okay. find David Wilcox there, former head of security. Okay. So gotcha. that's what I'm going to start yeah, leaking diff- now. Diff- is what I totally have. Different. What I want to do is start leaking and putting pressure on these clowns <laughs> that we have all this on them. Right. And it's all going to come out in the biggest, greatest story ever told. So by surviving, and like my young son said, seeing this through, not giving up, they're all caught. All these different players. And I'm hoping the world will go, let's never do this again. Let's never be this heartless again as these players and sellouts like my sister, Julia Zarko, did. Wow. Heaven help us. Let's take a call here, Tom. From I do believe this would be from San Diego, California, area code 619. 619, right. you're live with the Matrix Minds and Mr. Tom Malthouse, the man behind the Matrix. Who is this? Hello? Welcome. This is Penny. Hi, Miss Penny. <laughs> Hola. How you doing? Somebody texted my phone and said that I should join you, join this conversation. Yeah. I haven't actually talked to Tom Officially, we've uh, texted back and forth, and I've given him the information pertaining to me, which is uh, very similar to his information uh, in regards to the movies being real and the fact that I'm the real Eleven in Stranger Things and that they actually wrote movies uh, about me, movies and television series about me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's it's funny because they, they sort of do a casting thing where they, what, they're, what they're interested in is doing the real-life movie where they put Easter eggs and things about certain people that they're interested in, and that's that's twofold. One of them is to say, okay, look, we were actually on your side if things go against them, where we're actually supporting you, and that's their fail-safe out. Or they'll say it's being clever, which is currency in Hollywood, to do this. In um, Lost, you have Penny and you have Tom uh, Sawyer basically. Sawyer is Thomas. And it's interesting. Um, there was a cue drop not too long ago that was about Tom Sawyer, and I was told that pertained to Tom. So it's like, um, it's all well known what's been going on. Penny's story is absolutely phenomenally amazing. How well, I just did another drop. I just did another drop, Tom, about, I think I, I sent it to you about uh, Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that show... That's the thing. They, they so think I, they're clever with all these Easter eggs, but the thing is, it's going to catch up with them. It's not being clever. It's just – it's being silly. It's like children drawing with crowns on the wall, and the parents aren't home, and they're drawing more and more pictures all over the walls. And when we come home, we'll be like, okay, guys, you know, look at all these drawings everywhere. Look at all these Easter eggs everywhere. It's just I, – I, I feel embarrassed for humanity. That these are the people that have been in position to lead. And that includes Brian Fitzpatrick. I'm embarrassed for humanity that we picked our lowest to lead us. Bill Gates, Spielberg, Joel Silver, Eisner, Mike Lang, Harvey Weinstein, across our world. What's going on? The pyramid's upside down. It's like, why not pick our brightest and the best? Why not give our artists due credit? Why not nurture each other and help us up, you know, help each other up the hill of life? What's this battle for? Because they're bored. They want to be important. They want to have power. They want to have control. And as my sister said to a nauseating degree, she wants to matter. Well, if you're making people suffer, like you have Penny, like you suffered, and others suffer, 
then you're not mattering. You're in the way of what is. Mom, what was that story when? Mom, what was that story when they took you in the hospital and one of your was it one of your uh, characters that you met in the hospital when you were trying to get out of Canada? Yeah, they set it up in Canada. In Canada, they actually had Quentin. Okay, Quentin is the Batman stuntman from Warner Brothers, right? He did a search throughout uh, Warner Brothers asking uh, crew members and staff, do you know Tom Aldhouse? They said, yes. Now, he was ripped off. The Wachowskis took his work. We're not supposed to talk about it. Or Diane Bellis. So what happens? His girlfriend was on Maui. So then I end up dragged into the hospital on a 302 attempt. And what room did they put me in, Penny? 303. They keep putting me in room 303 from the Matrix, right? It's like they're trying to find something to feel important about and, and clever, and, and they're bored. And so what happens is they put Pulp Fiction in the room, the waiting room, the outside room, or the common room or whatever. And so I'm there in pajamas, and I go out, and there's this girl that comes up to me in Canada and tells me that she's Quentin's new girlfriend locked up in the hospital. What? What? And tells me all about Quentin and how I should be talking to him and things. In the hospital in Canada. Now, what happened to me was I was electronically triggered on my phone when I was at uh... Oh, right, right. Sorry. Okay. We'll talk. Penny. We'll oh. cover. Okay. Okay. We'll yeah, she's awesome. Okay. Penny's awesome. You're awesome, uh, Penny. All right. I'm out. No, I've talked to him extensively. Somebody told me that I should call in and join in the conversation, which is the only reason why I did so. Oh, that's sweet of you. Thank you. Okay, later. Love you, too. Go ahead. All right. All right. Hey, man. It's Pauline. Hi. I'm good. How are you? Well, yeah, I kind of do because I want to know how he came up with this idea for the Matrix because I've had experiences along these lines of weird crap happening. So, mm -hmm. Great question. Well, actually, what's funny is it's actually a physical mark on me that came up with the Jackson Neck idea, what the Wachowski said they wanted to do for real in 94, 95, there's a hole in my neck back here from a thing that released and left a scar. And I would touch that yeah. hole thinking, you know, I was, I was thinking about Alzheimer's and how as a writer you'll forget thoughts when you're on a flow and writing. A lot of us will get that. Well, we'll forget the flow we had, right? And I thought, wouldn't it be nice uh -huh. to have something like a jack the neck that allows us to have like a library of memories? Where It was that, that indent. So really, Matrix actually really does come from that, where the Wachowskis said, you know, they want to do Jackson Net for real after that, right? And they gave the mm -hmm. Japanese writer of Ghost in the Shell the idea to do Jackson Neck to make it as a plausible source material, but that's 94 when they did that. 
after I submitted. It was Jill Silver's idea to give it to that guy and just did diagrams. Okay. So that's one of the things. The other thing was my experience at Pat Robertson's organization, the Religious Reich, I call it, which in the High Castle. So it, Robertson's organization, when I was going to grad school, I was being groomed to be the face of the Christian coalition. So they started telling me their plans and all these ideas. And I'm like, whoa. So I thought, I'll whisper through art. That's the other component of what prompted the piece to be written. Okay. So, like, is is because I've heard this phrase all my life. Is deja vu the same as like a glitch in the matrix? I would say deja vu is deja vu. So, what I would say, I always okay. talk about like layered thinking and things. Keep it mm-hmm. simple. The best thing we can do is keep it simple. Fans, like the Wachowski said, they were fans of the work at first. So it's interesting. They didn't create it. But a lot of them will make it complex. They want to complicate it and make it like, woo, and, and put so many things into it. The answers often aren't as stellar and stimulating as we would want. If I was to give a lecture on what all these things meant, there's layers to it. But I think a lot of people would be like, well, wait, what about this and that and this and so-and-so's drama writing or something? No, these things, a lot of things have been added. As you know, when things were made up, but we can go scene by scene. Yeah, I mean, just piled on, you know, stuff, crowding it. Uh The issue gets sometimes crowded on it when people just kind of try to, especially when it's not explained. But I could go scene by scene and say, okay, this was here because of this in my life. This was here, and here's how I layered on to it. But the Wachowskis, what they did was they lifted every image they thought was cool out and simplified it. That's why the train station scene isn't a crowd pushing forward with their kids. It's a static shot mm-hmm. of a fan. Not interesting at all. It cheapens the budget and it lets them get credit for that idea. And that's what they wanted. Yeah. They didn't care about making a good film. They thought it would flop. Actually, they thought just they just wanted to, you know, save their career and get credit for the ideas. That's why Robot Like Angels and everything else. I mean, so I could go, weird... I could go scene by scene and say, you know, this means this, and there are some layers to it. I think you might find interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there are. I've watched it several times. And kind of, you know, pick things here and there out of it. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, before we had that big snowmageddon here in Texas back in, what was it, February? Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, I mean, this sounds weird because it's like there was a, a pair of white socks that were my son's socks that I threw in the washing machine with mine and my husband's laundry. Mm-hmm. And I go to get them out, and they're not there. They're, they're friggin' gone, dude. <laughs> like, right. Well, that's the thing. It, it like- you, know, you wonder, you wonder, is there a higher power? And I believe that we're in the time, on a limb, as the writer, I believe that we're in the time that we did change the timeline and that there's a communion going on where um, it's it's having they're personally getting involved. So God, yeah. if you will, is personally getting involved. And you're going to see a lot of people, and I think a lot of people would raise their hands to this, Seeing synchronicities off the chart, I think we've touched mm-hmm. the hand of God. I think we've touched the hand of God through creative work. Because what yeah. I was trying to do was be faithful to what flowed through. The Wachowskis robbed that not just from me, not to, but from God, I believe, and also you know, from audience. And over, and that's what I because over the last few months I have felt, and the best way I can describe it is is the frequency has changed mm-hmm. of the universe. I can feel it going higher and higher. I can feel it dip down. I can feel it go back up. And it's, it's been this we wild ready. roller coaster ride. We're ready for the next level. We're ready for, for the next level. Yes. real. We are. Selena, I, uh-huh. 
before I wrote, before I wrote, I felt that God, if you will, to me was saying, I looked for someone yeah. I found though. And I, I actually uh -huh. said out loud, I said, I'll do it. This is the personal mm -hmm. story behind the tricks. I said, I'll <laughs> do it. But I didn't know what I was volunteering for. And then this guidance came, yep. like, it was said, okay, you'll be given the cup. It won't be taken from you. And I'm like, oh, God, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> and then my journey started. I wrote the piece. Have right. them the same way. Yeah. Celine, do you got any um, more? One more question for Tom. If not, I, I'm going to move on. If not, on. <clears throat> nope, I'm good, huh? You move uh, on. Cool. Nice All right. Time. Thank you for calling. Thank you. All right. All right. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night. Okay, Mr. Tom, let's take a call yeah. from completely on the other side of the world, my friend. All right. Right, and that would be good. from from Australia. Australia, you're yeah. unmuted, and welcome to the Matrix of Minds with Tom Aldhouse. Who is this? Hello. Hi, Andy. Matt. Hi, Tom. It's AJ. Hey, how Hi. are you? AJ from Australia. Oh, AJ, what's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm um, Tom. Forgive the time lag. So yeah, um, I just I haven't got a question for you, Tom, but I just wanted to reach out to you. Um, I'm humbled and honoured by by just speaking with you. Um, I want to thank you. I just want to thank you. You've you've awakened so many with your truth and your experiences. Um, you've been a big part of this awakening. Everybody, you know, everybody says if you take the red pill, <laughs> you thank you, Tom. Um, I just wanted to. Um, thank you in person and and let you know that we admire you um, and that you are a true gift to humanity. And, yeah, God bless you and keep you. Well, thank you. I, I believe in keeping um, dynamics and feelings and not losing them through whatever journey we take, and so they're all activated right now. Thank you for that. I'm very, very moved. Well, thank you. The world is listening and watching, and... Um, in, a, in deep appreciation for you, your your spiritual path, and and what you share. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Aww. No, it means the world. It's just since the playbook's about isolate and alienate. This means a lot. Thank you. AJ, Thank you you, so you don't you don't have any questions about Hollywood? Uh, Would you be down there? Down there. No, Hollywood, Hollywood's dead to me. Um, yeah, Hollywood's dead. Um, it, it, it has done so much damage um, to innocent um, people. I, I, it's just dead to me. And, and we can all see that it's dead. And um, it's Tom's truth and his experience. I know, I know Tom's um, protected. I can even, looking at the, he, him in this, in this chat, he's got the most amazing aura of protection around him. He's, he's the messenger. And, um, yeah. That's it, really. I don't have a question. I love the Matrix. I was the first, <laughs> you know, woman on the block that went out and got the sunglasses and nice. <laughs> watched it millions of times. Um, I, I just think that sometimes we can be complacent, um, mm -hmm. especially when we go through personal hardship, as you have, Tom. Uh, unbelievable hardship. You are so religion, uh, re resilient. And you. and you have a strong conviction, and there are people that are vulnerable right now listening to you, and you give them hope every time. Thank Good. you. It's, thank you. I feel like I'm in the control room of a ship. If I turn the valve, it'll yeah. save life, and I'm going to stay in that control room and turn that valve. Yeah. 
I, I just, yeah, can't thank you enough. Um, I know you're protected and um, keep going, Tom. <laughs> I can't wait for your blockbusters. Um, the new world's coming and you're a big part of mm -hmm. it. Thank you, Tom. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, AJ, for calling and, and, and sharing that with Tom. I know, I know it, it means a lot to him. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Love to everybody. Bye. Love to you also. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye now. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Tom. The other the other two that was on there, they they were impatient, and they okay, that's all right. <laughs> they they were Maybe impatient. They found, their, they found their answers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. So now it's a completely open switchboard once again. Tom, I mean, here, here's the thing. You know, whenever everybody starts questioning you about, you know, why you wrote it, um, what's, what was the motive behind it, yada, yada, yada. The way I see it happening is is channeled. It's channeled information. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't. I believe in circumstance. And all things happen for no. And don't please don't hold me accountable for saying this one. But but I believe that that. What happened to your boys happened, mm -hmm. maybe as a they're a, they're a self sacrifice to all of the world, because what you're well, doing, the, dude, is, is is literally waking up a mass amount of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, see, that's the thing; they went too far, and they know it. It's almost like they're going, "Oops, they went too far." The Wachowskis put in those inserts; they killed my boys and said they killed them. They went too far. And now they can either make try to make it right, or they can let us take the steering wheel and do a better job of driving everything home to a better world. So, with our work that we've already done, and uh, I think we've earned the right to take it home. Man. I mean, I've been with you for an hour and a half, and I told you, you know, two hours, three hours, whatever, whatever you wanted to get out and however long it took. Um, if you, you well, it got, feels right. you said it feels right. What do you mean? It feels right. I mean, it feels right. It's like, it seems like it'll shut itself. Like there'll be an ending point when things feel right. Like you say about synchronicities, it'll be like, Hey, we did it. Like, here's our stopping point. It just, it just feels that way that we'll know, you know, it's like when, when things flow, like you said about the flow, okay, it flow. also seems to happen in conversations between good minds and good people. It's so, up, like it's up to you. It's up to you, and it's, it, at this point, it's up to the callers. I know, you know, my my talk with you. If is there anything else that you wanted to to uh, deluge to everybody or anybody? Oh, there's so many things. I mean, things are going to keep happening. It's happening daily now. I would say, let's see if anybody wants to call in right now, and we can go again at a later time here. Okay. This has been great, oh, and yeah. uh, we can do that. You know, because there's a lot more going to happen every day. Bro, I, love to, I love yeah. talking to you and and we the the audience here is very very um very enlightened okay very enlightened oh, yeah. to both the literally everything everything that you touched on from the 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 letter p in hollywood um on down to the corruption and the buying out and and then the the owning of the fbi and the abcs you know from there there this audience is very very alive and i'm grateful very much so very much so you know it, it takes a shout to stop this corruption run rampant and they have to be afraid i guess 
of the persons that are saying stop. And it's almost like the parent comes home, like I said about the kids writing on the wall. And it's like, here we are at this position where they are afraid now. They've gone too far, like you said, with the sons and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they're caught. There's no way they can win this if it's a fair day in court and things like that. And they, they shut down, like the Wachowskis are now also controlling YouTube content. It's like they've done everything they can, but their ranks are thinning. People don't want to get caught with a hot potato. And it's like we're saying stop. We have the authority granted us to say stop because of what we have gone through. And we've done it well. Mm-hmm. Watch what happens when we have the money and the resources earned from our work that we have earned. The work's already been done. We have the proof. Make this. We do the copyright. I mean, do the um, documentary. It's in production. Do the court. We've earned the right. We've done the homework. They stole work. We have the right. But watch what happens when we have the resources. And uh, some people, yes, some people will work with. Some need to go to jail. And we are going to pursue certain parties. Linda Burrow of Kabul Lesbian Proctor needs to go to jail. Uh, Solhall, Vikram Solhall needs to go to jail. Anthony Rankin on Maui needs to go to jail. Joel Silver needs to go to jail. Larry Wachowski needs to go to jail. These I will not let slide. I have the money and the resources and power to push for this. These are some of the worst of the worst in this story of horror of people who sold their souls. And I'll add one more. My sister, Julia Zarco, needs to go to jail. Wow. She's done so much horror and so much harm and is bragging about more rewards to come. Julia, you need to go to jail. Been a hard person. And she's the one that said that I raised her. It's hard for me. That's my Agent Smith right there. All right, Tommy. Let's take let's take another call here from Area Code Five One Eight, which would be a New York call, I do believe. Area sure. Code Five One Eight. Welcome to the Matrix Minds from New York, New York. Welcome to the Matrix Minds. Who is that? Hello. Hi, Matt. Hello, hello. Turn down whatever you're listening to, and say hello, to Mr. Tom Althouse, the man behind hello, the Matrix. Mr. Tom, how are you? You guys. Oh, thank you so much. I I love whistleblowers and um, oh, Matt. We've had one conversation before. Oh, but he's a freight say- tr- freight train horn, man. Freight train horn. <laughs> this man is. Yeah. I believe it. it. I believe it. I believe it. I know it actually. So I just want to give him kudos for his self worth. I've only met one other person in my life that had self worth. That's uh, I, that's basically what I wanted to say because I'd rather listen to him, his information and yours. But um, my dad had self worth, and he was he was a musician in New York City for a while, like in late '60s, and they wanted him to change some of his words to a song that he wrote he and produced. And the producer came in like the last ten minutes and said, "You got to change these words." And half the band left, half the band stayed. And my dad um, wrote a 10 minute song about that after leaving New York City. I'm leaving New York City and I won't <laughs> be back. And he never went back, man. He died about three years ago. He never went back. But, um, so go ahead. <laughs> Give me some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the whole strategy of the other side is to alienate, isolate, use up the resources, just 
follow um, Brian Fitzpatrick, the congressman and lifelong FBI agent who controls my sister and reward her so well to have her turn. He, in his article he wrote for Fox News himself, that shows you how the media is in the pocket of these clowns. <clears throat> and it's like what he's saying is alienate, isolate, take away your resources, turn those you love, use them against you, take your intellectual property, make your life hell, and ask others to help you. So it's, do it. So it's like that. That's why this is so great tonight to hear you calling in and sharing this and others like Penny and others calling in, Alicia and others. It's like – and what Matt's doing, they failed. They failed right there. We are not alienated. We are not isolated. We are forming a community of warriors for truth, and we're not going to stop. That's right. We're can do tight people. Absolutely. We're can do – I don't mean to cut you Yes, absolutely. They can tell their own. They can tell their leaders they answer to that all they did was galvanize us and bring us together and give us resolve to see it through, including our kids. Absolutely, and I and I and I identify with you when you you know you talk about surnames and stuff because my dad's last name was Kenny and like South Park because and the surname was used to be Kill Kenny so I I never really watched South Park but I pay attention to those kinds of things and um, something else I identified with you I can't remember now but um, yes so thank you thank you so much once again Matt thank you and. I'm so blessed. We're You're actually welcome, the good honey. ones are together. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're all blessed. I'm truly blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for what you do also, okay? Because just being here, being here, like you've always heard, heard me say, I would rather talk to five people that understand what we're saying, that can get it out, share it, and, and, and be on the same page with myself and Tom than 5,000 mm-hmm. people that have no clue. I'd rather right. than five yes. people been, understand I've it. I've been talking about it a long time, and my dad had imaginary friends, so, I mean, I guess they're kind of real, but uh, he, you know, I've been talking about it for a long time, and that generation, my generation was taboo, mental illness was taboo, but my dad was actually a genius. They wanted to give him planes and, talking late 60s, planes, because he had a, a, a recording contract with Columbia, and, uh, you know, they tried to... You know, he was some really something big up here in the North Country, and um, they just ruined his life. They just ruined his life, and he, you know, they, he actually was sentenced 25 years to life for selling a bag of weed that he didn't sell. And then, mm-hmm. thank God, my great uncle owned the Harley Davidson franchise because he got him out on appeal, and they won their appeal. But it's still they locked him up in jail, put him on prolixin. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is like trying to lock me up, put me on Depakote authority, you know. It doesn't mm-hmm. work, but um, he, so he did have self worth. Yeah. You got to see what Aiden went through. <laughs> I mean, how many times he saw me hauled off and he didn't know what was going to happen. You know, yes, so I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Me and my dad had a bond, and it, my mom brainwashed all of us. You know, he she would talk about him, and it wasn't true, and I knew. I was the only one that knew. My siblings didn't like me because I stuck up for my dad. and. Mm-hmm. I just, I was a bear, you know, my mom only had kids to trap them. But, yeah, he, he talked about a lot of stuff that, you know, I understood, but you know, he's got, like, he's, if he doesn't have a thousand postal copies that he, you know, wrote a song and mailed it back to himself, mm-hmm. or a thousand songs written down that I still have, he doesn't have one. And he mm-hmm. was a, me- and that's what I wanted to say, he was, his songwriting was messages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Absolutely messages, you know. Well, well, honor to talk to you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys again. God hey, bless you. you. I'm always with you, Matt. I, I listen uh, as often as I can, which is 99% of the time. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you out there for real out on Long Island, New York. You guys are. No, I'm are, not in Long Island. Where are you at? I'm at. I'm on upstate New York. I'm Upst- like uh, three hours from Albany. I'm like in Plattsburgh. Wow. Yeah, I'm in Plattsburgh. I grew up in the all-American city of Saranac Lake, and there's something special about that place. I'm not too far from the um, the old Air Force Base that used to be here. I'm actually oh, right on the Air Force That Base. one, yeah, yeah, that one. Man. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, right, thank you. Uh, we definitely appreciate you for everything that you do. And and for backing us on, and yeah, your your voice your voice yeah, matters, okay? Everything you do. I Is remember it? we talked about my cat rescue the one time I called in. Yeah. And I, I did end up making a website. I'm still not for some, for some reason. It's I did get it, but I, I couldn't give it to you right now if I right. if I tried to dig for it. All right. Well, so, share with me an email. Thank you. All right, babe. I said share with me an email. And I'll make sure to get it out. I mean, uh, nature, Tom loves nature. I love nature. We all, I mean, with that, that is part of God. You know what? Nature itself is, is the, Absolutely. Best, that, that is God's source. That is, Absolutely. that, that is. Yeah. Yeah. You know so I, have to, I have to, I have to mention, I have to mention one more thing. My dad, sorry. I'm sorry. My dad had a tent. My dad was like a wannabe Indian. Maybe he is part Indian, but he had a 12-pole tent that he I, he used to drive. You know, I'd follow him as fast as I could in the woods, or he'd leave me behind. But and then it was put behind the prisons that were born, that were built in Ray Brook, and he went back like 20 years later to get it, thinking it was going to be there. But there's just built prisons up around it where it, where he where he did put it. You know. But yes, God bless. I'm listening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, hang up now. Yeah, be there. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you again, and we'll talk to you later. We appreciate you calling. You know, you're welcome. You're welcome very much. All right. Good night. Hey. You know, Matt, that's really interesting because um, bullet time, where did bullet time come from? It's actually in the Immortal Screenplay, but it actually deals with nature. And um, they read it. They saw it on set. We're told they used it on set, the script, and made it up as they went along. But in the very first pages, you have the bullet time in the screenplay of the Immortals. And the bullet time is actually a shout out to saving rainforest and saving nature. Um, they stripped out the beginning to be outbreak, you know, with um, oh, what's his name from Rain Man, doesn't hop and all that. So um, that became the opening thing. But it was that you know that the, you descend from the clouds over the Amazon rainforest down to the you know boots are running by and you see the monkey and all that stuff. That's outbreak. And so what happened was in in the screenplay of the Immortals, they stripped that out. But the Wachowskis were using it as they made it up, and you have the rainforest being like bulleted when they're trying to get this um, one group. Uh, the canopy's being shot by these uh, helicopters, and in slow motion, the canopy is falling to the ground with the different animals and things coming down. And that's where they got the bullet time. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Brother, do me a favor. Shift to your left about a half a foot. Okay. 
There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, are you were like uh, in the other screen that I got? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't get you out of my frame. I'm like, Tom, right. Tom, you're in my frame here. I'm, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is great. This has been great. I would, I mean, I'm happy. Um, it's been mind blowing. Just like talk we had it before we went on the air and everything going on. And your guests have been phenomenal. I would love to do it again. You will. And if you know the guests are, are spent for tonight, I'm I'm good. I'm good because it's just been a joy. Well, it's a joy. I like to savor it. Before you leave, okay. Before you leave, I don't have a copy of your book, like the or or like a picture of any. I don't have anything to do with your book. I don't know nothing about it. You want? To, can you talk a little bit about it, or are you under contract where you can't at the moment? No, I'm not under contract. I can't talk about it. What I'm working on right now is courses okay. and stuff on layered thinking. And that's why you can tell the Wachowskis didn't write this work, and that's why they're making it up on set. It's going to change me. But the thing is that you have to actually think in layers, like you said, for that flow and, and the complexities to come together. Of course they don't do layered thinking. That's why they strip everything out and simplify it one by one, and that doesn't make a good film. It's horrible. And taking things that are from everything else, putting it in there, it's just garbage. But the thing is that um, I'm working on the coursework now, uh, partly with Write On Radio and with another group too, where we're teaching layered thinking. I'm going to teach layered thinking, which was the process that was used to write the Matrix story, the Immortals. So that's going to be given to writers and others, and it applies to all kinds of avenues in life. And also the real-life story, working on that, the documentary, we're um, making sure that everything's tight. We've decided to mainly focus on how the case was thrown, because that's what they're most concerned about uh, to answer their talking point, he lost his case. So we're going to show how, how much fraud went into it, and that will educate the public too on you know the matrix story what the immortals really was how just in depth the fraud and ploys were used to steal the material and throw throw the use the courts as the illusion of justice to do a second theft and how that needs to be revealed we're actually advocating towards having no statutes on intellectual property because the studios have learned if the material is worth a fortune, then all they do is disrupt, destroy, ruin jobs, ruin connections, use family like my sister against me and others. That means you're spending years just trying to keep your family going, just trying to survive. Statutes should not run during that time. That's big business being thugs, criminals. That's why I was saying that list of people that should go to jail. They're absolutely employing that to, sh to run out statutes. And there should be none when big uh, companies, big uh, studios are involved in intellectual property theft. There should be no zero statute limitations. And that's something I'm going to advocate for. Tom, I want to tell you what, buddy. My question to you is at this point, other writers, okay, other authors, other, other uh, creators – Right. Where do they stand with with what they've seen you do? Because there's others in Hollywood, as well as around the world, that has tried to go places and and gotten their material same same way with you, stolen, hijacked. What's what, what you know? What kind of feedback have you gotten from from the publicity that that we're helping you with right now? All kinds. I'm getting calls from around the world. I had. Uh, producers and directors from Hollywood even calling and saying we're still following your formula we're still you change the industry we're still following uh, what you first presented which is like even the idea 
credits rolling after the film and series is gone. Netflix ain't that up with a spoon. So in my original screenplay here, what you have is the credits don't show up until, what is it, page, uh, where is it? Okay, here, page 12, 13. So that's 13 mm -hmm. minutes into the film before Sweet. you even have credits rolling. So that was, now that's standard. To even black sales, like we said, Man in the High Castle, you run it and you do your credits. That was never heard of back when I was writing. But things like that, where you kill off even some of your um, main players, like real life, I wanted to reflect real life, where some of your main characters, surprise, they, they're gone. They're gone. Because that's real life. And the idea that your hero doesn't necessarily succeed in the end. Maybe he witnesses things change. He tries everything, but he doesn't do it. The idea of the femme fatale is in here, where the woman sacrifices herself. Now, they did a really bad job in Game of Thrones with it. I mean, Game of Thrones is great, but stick that elfin girl with the grenade thing in her hands and lets herself get shoot up. That's right for <laughs> yeah. work, but it's done badly. It's done badly. I'd say that. Game of Thrones, great series, but they're, again, borrowing from the work. So um, some people in California are spotting out, too. They're saying, like, that's where femme you know, from probably comes from. Um, Hunger Games. We got Hunger Games, the stadium, everything else, where the people outside the program have a chance, they think, to have their family, like the train station, uh, maybe have a better life in the program if they survive the horrors of the stadium. Mm. So everything is in here where Hollywood was bankrupt for ideas. This is back during Highlander when it first came out. So this here that comes, you can see Bonham and Shuri going, this is revolutionary, we're making this, oh my God. And all these studios having taken the work when they thought, quote, everything was done under the sun. And so they go ahead and put a copyright on my title and now all these other titles under it and then put it finally after Dean Laurentiis and the Paradise Films and Laurentiis Films, they put it in the ownership of the investment firms. Now that's really stupid. Damn. But it worked for them. It, yeah. Yeah. So it's <clears throat> now – and now they're drunk on the idea, like you said, of, of profiting off the real life story. Right. So offers have been coming in to, you know – not claim immortals and write stuff with like Marvel Comics guy, you know, Ponders and others, and work with these guys that were originally employed to take it and create uh, blends of my work with their work, but not get credit for the immortals. And that helps everybody save face. So now we're into this listen, we'll make millions if we do blends of your work, or you'll work with other writers in Hollywood, but you won't get credit for it. So a pseudo script doctor process. One of the um, writers that was writing an article for me, Rick Chenelever, he told me that uh, he had a friend in Hollywood, and he's rich, one of the richest people in Hollywood. He's a script doctor. He'll never have credit for any of his work because his job, this friend, was to work, alter it, script doctor. So basically that's what I was being offered to do was be a wealthy uh, behind-the-scenes script doctor. Why well, didn't bite? I've got gotcha. more screenplay. Wow. So, yeah, so when this opens up, just think, well, the golden age for writing and arts because the work as it's actually supposed to be, I was amazed that the ripped-off version by the Wachowskis actually took hold. I think they were too. That's why they were told to do two and three, and that's why they stuck all the stuff in that stuff too. So it's interesting that the, even in the stolen version, it changed the world. I'm amazed. I want the world to see the actual work the way it was. And with the messages there that are supposed to uplift, not the Wachowski's S&M twist on everything. 
I like to see the world see it actually as it was supposed to be in its purest form, the baby as it was made to cry and, and survive and thrive. So, yeah. Brother, I'm telling you right now, you've got to rewatch this. <clears throat> you've got to rewatch this this interview because I'm yeah. watching these comments and they are there is nothing more than love for you. And and the backing That's is amazing. is um, is, is un, undoubtedly there. So, I, 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 Tom, will you, will you come back here probably? Oh, let's do it. November, it. I mean, November, December or something? I don't, care if it's, yeah. I don't care if it's two months from now. Let's do it. Okay. Let's keep going. This is amazing. This is what the piece was supposed to do. Bring together critical thinkers, others that come together. And some may feel the call to join in the table, the round table in the end, where we actually get the studios going and create these works. Let's well, help, help, me, help me. Help me. Also, I mean, I'm willing to anybody and everybody that you know, okay, that can has got a story like yours. Um, if we can help them get get it out there, then then bring them, bring them, bring them to me, and we'll we'll do what we can do. Tom, yeah. I'm behind you. Well, I say, yeah, check out Penny. Penny's got a fascinating story. I mean, she sent so many things and. Definitely, definitely check out Penny's story. Penny's my and, girl, uh, dude. Oh, she's been with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, she's she's amazing. And um, there's so many. I've got so many people contacting from around the world, even those that know Keanu Reeves and things like that. And they're trying to tell me that Keanu Reeves is, you know, under a gun, that he, he can't make a good choice right now because of a situation. I'm like, well, he could do the right thing. This could actually save his career in the right way. So the actual story. So I'm waiting for him to respond still. They said they're negotiating or talking to him. But anyway, he bit the bit it with the offer with Larry. But maybe he'll come around. But anyway, that's how it is right now. Now it's coming down to the actual players all intertwining and having to make some tough decisions. Right. And we all know who everybody is. So it's we've we've infiltrated the room and it's time for good decisions to be made. And I think it's our job to keep the hand out and say, look, make a good decision. You know, like Kiana and others, make a good decision. You know, do the right thing. Right now, the world is listening, it's watching, and it's time to do it right. Why not have a better world? Why not choose to make it right? Give up on Warner Brothers' philosophy that we're all evil and we're all dark. We're not. Babies aren't born with fangs, we're no, not sir. born with claws. We're born to embrace, to hold on to, to reach to each other, to coo and to cry and to laugh. We're not born to take advantage of each other. That's learned behavior. The laws of nature do not apply to humanity. We, you know, we're not, and that's what they keep arguing, that we're under the laws of nature, and unless we do that, we won't be successful. No. How about the art of compassion, so the art of war? How about the art of creativity, the flow, by being genuine, by actually laughing and crying and meaning it? By taking the hand of loved ones and letting you know you care and creating work that lifts the world. What's wrong with lifting humanity and saying, we are wondrously made. You're good. I can't wait to meet whoever I meet and lift them in the process and do great work where they may enjoy it and their families may enjoy it too. All right, Mr. Tom Althaus. All right. Going to have you back, man. And, and I'll look forward to it. Whatever, it whatever okay. we can do, if you need my help. I'm serious. The website, I know, I know, Ange and you have been, we've been putting it off. We're, we've both been busy. I, you see me, re, I refaced yeah. the, the Matrix yeah, Mines. Fine. So, 
would love your help with that. Would love your Angela. I know. Gotcha. I would love your help with that. And gotcha. um, let's do it again. And there's going to be a lot happening. I mean, every day now things are happening. And yeah. I am blown away by all the Easter eggs in all these films. And if people are wondering, you know, well, why would they put these Easter eggs in there? First, they want to be clever. And they also leave clues. It's, it's also something where they can say later, well, I was there for you guys. If you succeed, they want to be on the winning team. That's why everything can switch overnight. It could all win overnight. Mm-hmm. I know that the court case in a just venue could turn everything upside down overnight. And suddenly we're calling the shots and saying, why not have compassion? Why not work together? I want to form a company in the future where, like I said, the people work maybe half an hour to 45 minutes a day. Then spend time with your loved ones and your family. Come in and create for half an hour, 45 minutes. And a, a happy person who's getting great benefits and loving it, and we'll make, we'll, we'll survive, we'll do great, we'll thrive. I think that's a good way to live. Let's turn the whole industry upside down where it's not about enslaving people for 40 hour work weeks. Let's go back to what it was supposed to be. Where let's create, do great work. If you do that, take the rest of the day off. Have, have fun with your loved ones and family and have a great life. And let's just do good work where your mind's really attuned for that period. I have a lot of ideas. And I want to see them come to fruition. I want to see a better world. And I'm, I know I'm not alone now. you got a lot of great people out there. Uh, your audience, that was some amazing calls. And um, like I look forward to seeing the comments too. Better world's coming. And we oh, have yeah. changed the time. And art has changed the timeline. And you're right, it just flows. It so redpillrising.org, I'll look forward to scheduling with you. If yeah. anybody wants to see some of the graphics, redpillrising.org. And I look forward to working that, that uh, website with you. Awesome. The man behind the matrix, Mr. Tom Althaus. Again, my friend, thank you. Bless you. Please stay safe. And yeah, man, look forward to our, our next talk. Hear me? The, I do too. I, I look forward to it very much. We, Shout I, out to your audience. And, uh, brilliant people. Okay, my friend. Okay, take care of yourself. Good night, Mr. Tom. See you later. All right, good night. All righty, everybody. Mr. Tom Althaus. The man behind the matrix, the guy that's literally setting Hollywood, setting Hollywood ablaze. Holy cow. I have no idea what else to say other than, well, man, whenever I say tip of the spear, you heard it. You've seen it. Mr. Tom Althaus is indeed there at the tip of the spear. With that being said, everybody, you know what? You guys are absolutely amazing. You guys are the reason why we do this. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's just that simple. You guys are the reason why we continue to fight. And it, it's all about, it's, a, it's all about family. It's all about compassion, love, loving one another, sharing, you know, sharing life with one another. And you heard a very heartbreaking story and that would be you know the story of tom where tom is you know battling it right now where and he's he will indeed he will indeed be that man that has risen blown the doors off of hollywood Married the beautiful woman, has a son left that they are not. They're not going to take. Man, his story. He 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 is indeed. I'm I'm blessed to have him as a friend. I truly am. I'm glad. I'm glad that he came into my life. 
So, Mr. Tom Malthouse, shout out to you, my friend. Once again, you're at the tip of the spear. You are, without a doubt, a man to be looked up to. And we, we indeed are proud to be with you amongst your journey. All of these great Matrix Breakers around the world, shout out to you. We love you. If you're listening to this podcast, this broadcast, this show on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Anchor FM, Spotify, the VCast viewable on YouTube, Twitch, and Fedbook. Once again, you guys, you guys are amazing. And we appreciate you for what you do, who you are. The interview with Mr. Tom Althaus. Blow the doors off Hollywood. It's in the corruption. You guys take care of yourself and take care of one another. Till Monday. Catch you later and good night.